1: Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. 20 minutes a day, 365
0: days a year. A day podcast.
1: What's up, Packer fans? Happy Victory Monday. Welcome into the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thank you so much for joining me. Always appreciate it. Appreciate all of our listeners and our subscribers, whether you're listening to this on the audio version or on YouTube, whatever it is, I thank you so incredibly much. This has been a very incredible season for a variety of different reasons, whether it's the injuries, the off-season drama, the COVID stuff, the entire roller coaster that this season has been already has certainly been something. But one thing in all the craziness that has sort of remained the same is that the Packers are better than the Chicago Bears. So happy Victory Monday, Packer fans. You've deserved it. You've earned it. It's been a, a crazy, crazy season, but uh, th- like, there's no better way to start, right? The Packers beat the Chicago Bears once again, and credit to the Bears, and I'll get more into this in just a moment, but th- there's every reason in the world for them to lay down for this game. They didn't, right? It was a six-point Bears lead at halftime. A lot of Packers mistakes that went into that, which we'll get into more in just a moment, but We talk about this as a rivalry, and I talked about this on the video yesterday. This right now does not feel like a rivalry. This feels like a beatdown. The Packers in the last 60 games have beaten the Bears 46 times, 46 and 14 in their last sixty encounters, that is a winning percentage of seventy-six point six seven percent. In a normal sixteen-game season, what it used to be, that would be the Packers going twelve and four every season. It'd actually be better than that, better than going twelve and four every season. That's how good the Packers have been against the Chicago Bears for the last three decades or so. And yes. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre certainly have a lot to do with that. That's why Aaron Rodgers told the Bears and the fans that he still owns them the last time the team met before Sunday night. There's a lot that goes into that, but this it's it's not a a quote-unquote rivalry. Yes, the tradition, the pageantry, the legends, all of the things that go into this are certainly there. And of course, NBC rightfully played into all of that for Sunday Night Football. But let's be real, this is not a competition right now between these two teams. Yes, Chicago will steal a victory every now and again, and this rivalry could change in any given moment in the next decade could be totally different. But as of right now, the Packers own the Chicago Bears. And so does Aaron Rodgers, as he so perfectly pointed out the last two times these teams met. And I want to go into that Bears team for a bit more, because I mentioned yesterday on the YouTube channel, we would know in the first five to 10 minutes of this game, if Chicago cared and was going to put up a fight, because let's be totally real here. Chicago had every reason to just sort of mail this one in, right? Everyone in the NFL, in Chicago, and, you know, anyone that's a fan of, uh, you know, the, the the sport in any capacity understands that Chicago is going to blow this all up in the offseason. We don't quite know yet if that will include Ryan Pace, but it would be pretty shocking if it didn't. That's general manager Ryan Pace. Matt Nagy, head coach, is gone. Their entire coaching staff probably gone. There could be scouts and the whole nine yards, Right not to mention half the players on this team will probably be gone. And this team is going to go through some sort of real rebuild. And it would be easy for the Bears to say, we're not making the playoffs. We're going against Green Bay. You know, We're missing Akeem Hicks, who gets ruled out during the course of the week. We're already missing Khalil Mack. There's so many players missing. We know what's coming. We'll go out there and we'll perform. But you know, it's not going to be our best effort. I there's, I would have understood even if maybe I wouldn't have agreed with it. I think you go out and always try your best, but uh, like you could easily see that happening, right? The bears just don't have much to play for, for the remainder of this season. And, you know, maybe you can say, you know, Rogers comments of, you know, I still own you the last time they played, maybe would get some riled up or something like that, but you just didn't know. And I, I said, again, we would know right away when we, we saw in the first half the Bears did not lay down. They competed throughout the course of this game. They never gave up even, you know, recovering an onside kick late in the game. Like the, this team fought till the very end and Green Bay was still 15 points better in the end. And again, a lot of the a lot of the issues were Green Bay making mistakes. Certainly Jakeem Grant had a couple of really special plays and, and we'll get into all of that more in just a moment as well, but Chicago had a lot of ways that they could have, you know, maybe not given it all like they did in this game. And they did. And kudos to them and a credit to them for certainly doing so. They put up a fight, had a six point lead at halftime, and Green Bay had to work to win this game. And in a way, I think. There is some positives that you can take away from that I think as Green Bay starts getting set up for their playoff run you do want these challenges right and you do want to see where some of these weaknesses are so you can hopefully fix them in the regular season so that actually benefits the Packers that you you didn't just get this 45 to 3 blowout game and you know it really doesn't do much for you instead you got a good fight a good battle and you really learned where some of the issues are again from this game so those will be all things we discuss and, and those issues, especially on the special teams, we'll go over in just a moment. But I, I think where I really want to start here from a player standpoint, from a story standpoint, is with Aaron Rodgers. And if, if you followed me long enough, you'll you'll know that I actually don't go this route very often. I actually don't either start off or even spend a ton of time talking about Rodgers because A, he gets talked about for everything, right? Like I don't need to go into like even right now. I probably don't need to go that in depth about Aaron Rodgers because A again the, the post game press conference and the uh, you know the all you need to do is look at the box score, right? And you saw the and B you saw with your own <clears throat> you saw with your own eyes, right? Like you saw Aaron Rodgers go out and have a fantastic game against the Chicago Bears, but. A couple things that I do want to say here, because Rodgers is certainly deserving of a huge amount of credit in this game. 29 of 37, 341 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 141.1 passer rating. He was phenomenal. And as everything around him was changing, I know Devontae and Jones and Dylan, and there were some certainly some core pieces still there, certainly not lacking for weapons. But as, as the offensive line is completely changed around him, as they end up with basically one of their preferred starters by the end of this game along the offensive line, no Tunyon, no Cobb, EQ goes out, Malik Taylor goes out to a lesser extent. You know, there's, there's a lot that's changed right within this offense. And I know there's still a lot of things that stay the same. Again, Jones, Dylan, MVS, Lazard, Adams, those are the guys that he's been playing with for some time now for the most part. But especially along the offensive line, just, you know, Dennis Kelly playing his first snaps for the team, uh, you know, in in any regular season capacity. Like those are things that you have to sort of deal with on the fly. And Rodgers was masterful. He was simply masterful. Once again, he own the Bears. And he was wonderful in this game. The four touchdown passes, the way that he did it, the way he was able to get the ball out of his hands, read the defense and and just make plays when he needed to. And to the point where, as Devontae mentioned, you know, they're drawing up plays in Rodgers' hands and had the opportunity to ask Matt LaFleur how unique that is and how special that is. And he mentioned, you know, he's coached some guys that maybe could do that to some extent, but no one to the level of what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing he's just he's playing at a very very legit you know unique special level right now and there's there's no two ways about it and it's really fun to watch and even again when you you have to sort of worry about can the offensive line protect and there were a couple of hiccups early in the game his ability to distribute the football pass you know get it to a variety of different players not just the same player over and over have some you know, have some fluidity within the offense of what you want to run. There's, there's nothing he can't do, right? He can make the checks at the line of scrimmage, it, it, whether it's a run, whether it's a pass, whether it's a run pass option, whether he's having to draw up plays in the huddle, all of it. He's just at a crazy, crazy level. And despite the injured toe and despite the offensive line that is, you know, missing arguably four of its top five players, he just continues to go out there and perform. And it, it there's, there's no dollar value that you can put on that. The value that he has to this franchise, to this team, what he's doing is just purely special. And especially at his age and with the injury that he has to his toe, to go out there and perform like this, you know, again, Sunday night football, everyone's watching, you're a bit banged up, you're going against the Bears. You can tell after his press conference how much this rivalry means to him and meant to him. And he he went out there and performed like it, and had a very special four touchdown performance. And oh by the way, dear Robert Quinn, don't mock the belt. Dear NFL players, don't mock the, the don't mock the belt. Or maybe as a Packer fan, dear NFL players, continue to mock the belt nonstop because Aaron Rodgers will usually tear you to shreds, and the Packers don't lose those games. It's just, it's crazy, right? Some of it is happenstance, right? I'm sure if somebody did the the belt every game, they're not just going to go undefeated from here to the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career, but I'm willing to give it a shot if the other team is willing to do so, because I don't know if it motivates Rodgers. I'm sure like everything will motivate him, right? But it's just crazy that every time somebody does the belt, you can almost just turn the game off and know. All right. Packers are winning this one because that's how it's been for the last decade plus with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You want to mock him, mock him at your own demise because he will beat you and he'll probably embarrass you. And that's what he really did in this game. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium. Cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase.
2: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: All right. Speaking of embarrassing embarrassing and, and speaking of embarrassment, there's no there's nothing else to talk about at this point other than the Packers special teams, right? It's it's embarrassing. It is purely embarrassing for everyone involved in any capacity with the special teams within this organization, and that is from top to bottom. And what I mean by that is that is on Brian Gutekunst. the Packers do not have a returner. They don't have a returner. Malik Taylor is not a returner. Amari Rogers is not a returner. They don't have on their fifty-three man roster plus sixteen man practice squad. They do not have a player who can return. That's on Brian Gutekunst. Obviously, Matt LaFleur and the special teams coach, a lot of blame goes on them for the entire operation. Mo Drayton, I think it's safe to say, very much on the hot seat. Pete uh, Doherty asked after the game if, uh, if he was you know going to be still employed, and Matt LaFleur was emphatic in saying, yes, he's still going to be the coach of the special teams. But they're both to blame. There's no question about that. Assistant special teams coach, the, every player that has played on special teams, anyone that has any job or functionality that involves the special teams capacity in any way, shape, or form, should be utterly embarrassed. Utterly embarrassed. That is, I, I know. I asked the question of like, has, has there been any spe- special teams that's ever played worse? And you know, people bring up Seahawks in the NFC Championship, and yeah, the the, the two big plays in that game certainly were more egregious and had a much bigger impact on the franchise, right, than anything that happened against the Bears. But I've never seen in a game, in one game, one special teams have so many struggles. And in case you forgot and want to relive the nightmare over, and I'm not sure if it's a tragedy or a comedy at this point, I can't differentiate because it's pretty darn funny how embarrassingly bad they are playing if you really want to look at it. But it's also just a a, a tragedy while you're watching. It's like watching a car crash and you don't want to watch it, but you can't look away. That's how bad it is. And again, if you want to relive it over, if you don't want to, skip ahead 30 seconds. But 34 yard punt return allowed. And then a muffed kick return by Malik Taylor, which goes out of bounds, costing them about 35 yards of field position if he just would have tried to catch it while he was out of bounds. Instead, he fumbles it out of bounds at the five. 40 yard kick return. Kickoff out of bounds by Mason Crosby. 97 yard punt return for a touchdown. There was no punt returns for touchdowns in the NFL this season. The Packers found a way to give up a 97 yarder. A 42 yard kick return. A 22 yard punt. A 22 yard punt. A muffed punt by Amari Rodgers where the ball hits him in the head. And it, thankfully, luckily, the Bears had a penalty on the play. Otherwise, Amari would be gifting the ball back to the Bears because he can't catch the punt. Again, Green Bay doesn't have a returner. And then just to put the sweet, beautiful cherry on top, MVS can't catch the onside kick and the Bears recover an onside kick just to really nail things home at the end of the night, even though you have a 15-point victory, just to remind you that this special teams can lose you the game Any given moment, that's how bad this special teams is. No matter how good the offense plays, no matter how good the defense plays, the special teams alone has the ability to lose you the game. That's how bad it is. And I'm not being hyperbolic in that. The only reason the only reason the Bears were in this game was because of the Packers special teams. Did the defense give up a couple big plays? They did, but you know what? They also got a pick six and a huge turnover, which led to a touchdown. I'm willing to give up. 14 points on explosive plays if the defense basically gets you 14 points back off of turnovers. All right. And and, and again, when the rest of your game on defense was pretty sound overall. Overall, that was a, a a couple hiccups here and there, but a good performance by the defense, really good performance by the offense, even though again, some hiccups early. The special teams kept the Bears in this game and gave them an opportunity to win. And if that's the Bucs, if that's the Cardinals, if that's the Rams, if that's a variety of other teams that are actually good at the sport of football, you're not coming back from that. At halftime, the the Packers offense had five more yards than the Bears return units. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. And again, there is plenty of blame to go around from the players and the execution of what Mo Drayton's trying to get done, to Mo Drayton's scheme, to simple decisions, to the head coach, to the general manager for not having the appropriate players that the team needs, but a perfect example. A perfect example of everything, right? Onside kick recovery. All due respect to MVS, who has had a very nice career for the Packers so far with some hiccups and some ups and downs along the way. Is MVS the guy that you want catching the ball in the hands team? MVS. I love MVS. One of my favorite players on the team. I enjoy watching him play. He's an explosive playmaker. He brings a lot to this team. Even if he doesn't catch a single ball, his ability to stretch the defense and keep the defense honest is huge for this offense. Love MVS. We know that he has had trouble with concentration and catching the ball cleanly. That's the guy that you want in that situation, fielding that kick. I do not believe that that is your best option. And that just goes to coaching and the entirety of the operation. Those to- those sort of things can't happen. And I know you have to have like a hands person on either side. And my guess, I didn't look at it, but my guess is Devonte was probably on the other side in case they kicked it that way. I'd have to go back and look at it. But I guarantee your second best guy after Devante at catching a ball isn't MVS. I just, I refuse to believe that. And I get there's some added value with MVS's height and wingspan, where if a ball takes a bounce a weird way, or if it goes high that he has the ability maybe to go get it, I you have to have the most sound hands in the world to be in that spot. MVS does not. And it costs Green Bay an onside kick recovery. Thankfully, it didn't matter at all. Green Bay was up by 15. There wasn't enough time left and so on and so forth. And Green Bay ultimately gets a really impressive interception uh, by Shannon Sullivan, but those sort of things can't happen. And again, I'll say it one more time. This special teams has the ability to lose the Packers a game at any moment. That is a problem as you're going into the playoffs. Because this offense and this defense, even with some of the issues on the offensive line, they are ready and prepared to make a Super Bowl run. And the Packers special teams is is awful. It's the worst I've ever seen in a season. And Malafleur mentioned this as well. He almost mentioned it as like uh Oh, I don't know. Like an excuse is the wrong word, but you know, he, he's basically saying like, you know, one of the tough things is that like, it's a different part of the unit every week. Yeah. No, none of your units are trustworthy right now. I don't trust your punt coverage. I don't trust your kick coverage. I certainly don't trust you to return a kicker or return a punt. I don't trust you to make a field goal. I don't necessarily even trust you to make an extra point or not have it blocked. Like it's, it's just so bad. It's just so, so bad and it has to get fixed. And if it doesn't, it could legitimately cost the Packers an opportunity at a Super Bowl. Hopefully it gets fixed. I'm cheering for it to get fixed. The, the second half had some signs of like, especially from a coverage standpoint, of like, okay, but and you still had the muff punt by Amari and the missed onside kick recovery by I mean, like. It's It's got a long, 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 long way to go and they have to figure out a way to make that happen sooner rather than later. They got four weeks in the regular season to figure that out and hopefully they can do that while winning those games and still getting the number one seed to maybe give them a buy for a little bit more time to figure whatever it is they need to figure out because whatever self-scout they did on special teams during the bye week simply did not work and it is time to go back to the drawing board on all aspects of special teams. Alright, let's talk about something more fun. Razul freaking Douglas. My goodness. And I have said I think something very similar a couple times before, but at some point you just had to figure that this Cinderella story was gonna to come to an end, right? The glass slipper was gonna come off, and we were about to find out why Razul Douglas was on, you know, was not re signed by the Panthers was released by the Raiders, was released by the Texans, couldn't make it past the practice squad with the Cardinals. Those are just this year. Those are just in 2021 that he was not resigned by the Cardinals, released by the Raiders, released by the Texans, couldn't make it above the practice squad for the Cardinals. There had to be a reason, right? And we were about to find out, okay, he's really not that good. He just made a couple big plays and it made it look flat. Screw that. there there is no Cinderella story here. Razul Douglas is just a great cornerback. He almost had three picks in this game. That very first play where he got called for pass interference, I call, I I don't like it. Both players have the opportunity to go make a play on the ball. He was making a play on the ball, probably should have caught it, uh, but I'm kind of glad he didn't because if he had caught it and intercepted it and maybe even taken it back, Uh, I would have been much more upset that they called the PI if, you know, with him dropping it, it's not quite as devastating, but did not like that PI call, but it was another great read and a great play on the ball by Razul. And then he has the pick six, which was a phenomenal play. And then he almost has another one that go, you know, that hits his hands uh, a little bit later in the game where he almost gets another pick six. He is just playing at an absurd, absurd level that it's almost unbelievable. And he is trusting his reads he is trusting what he sees. He is going, he is making the plays, but he's not being over aggressive either. Yes, there was a bit of the double move against OBJ where he got beat. I'm not concerned about that play at all. And I don't see him like Marcus Peters is such a great example from the Ravens, you know, where he'll just Asante Samuel, the original, not junior, uh, original Asante Samuel was another player with like, just constantly bite on these, but you'd be so susceptible to d- double moves. I don't see that from Razul. I t- I see him taking smart, calculated plays. Usually, when there's a safety behind him, and he's coming up with these plays more often than not. And his intensity, man, like and it's just he has the full package. I know he missed a tackle in the first quarter in this game, but his tackling is good. It's sound. He is an absolute baller right now. And Green Bay is so lucky to have found him and, and and not just lucky, right? Brian Gutekunst and that scouting staff deserve a ton of credit, but like, there's just no way to put it into words, right? Like sometimes it's just the right player with the right scheme and the right fit for the right reasons. And that's what it's been with Douglas. And I think it was Mike Wall. I was talking to where he said, you know, or maybe uh, it was either him or maybe it was uh, Bukowski, one of the two. But, you know, different players hit a career crossroads at different times. And this was, in a way, this was easily could have been it for Rizul Douglas, where if he comes to Green Bay and he doesn't find his niche, that could have been it. That could have been his last chance. And he took every advantage of it. And again, especially after you did not get re-signed by Carolina, released by the Raiders, released by the Texans, couldn't make it past the practice squad for the Cardinals, If he doesn't turn out with Green Bay, there's just there's not many teams left that may give him a chance, not not anymore, right? He is now going to be a sought after unrestricted free agent next season, and Green Bay should already be having conversations with his agent if they haven't started already, because he's deserving. I don't see any Cinderella slipper falling off. He is just a really great corner, and he's playing really great football. And Green Bay, uh, again, I don't know if you can call it lucky, but. You know, as fans were lucky that he became a Green Bay Packer. I'll say that much. I also want to touch base on Eric Stokes because maybe the player I'm most excited to go back and watch the All-22 because at first glance, I just, I don't think he gave up anything. I think every time he was targeted, it was either batted away or incomplete. It looked like he had, you know, great coverage on Allen Robinson. Really excited to go back and watch his game because it looked like he was just a shutdown corner on his side of the field. So excited to go back and watch that. I thought Alan Lazard had a noteworthy game with Randall Cobb out. Somebody needed to step up. I think it's safe to say that Lazard just hasn't had the the impact or the the season that we've sort of come accustomed to. And I know that it's not like Lazard's been this like huge playmaker, but you, you come accustomed to him making the plays when he's given an opportunity last week against the, the Rams or two weeks ago against the Rams. That wasn't the case. He had a couple opportunities and didn't make them. Uh, this week, I thought he played really good football. The the fourth down touchdown play uh, was a really key moment in this game to get some, some momentum going back in Green Bay's favor. Six catches, 75 yards, one rush, 14 yards, had the touchdown. Just thought this was hopefully a... A stepping stone for, for Lazard's season. And then hopefully he can kind of continue this level of play from here on out because Green Bay is going to need him and Cobb could certainly be out for a while yet. So uh, Lazard stepping up at the right time would be really key for this Packers offense. Devondre Campbell, 16 tackles. I know there wasn't the sacks or the forced fumbles or the interceptions or some of those huge uh, plays. You just all over the field, you go back and you watch the Bears offense and like one out of every four plays, Devondre Campbell made a tackle on. Like that is crazy. And especially not practicing coming off the COVID IR list. Uh, for him to do what he did in this game, I thought was pretty special. And and Matt uh, LaFleur echoed that in his postgame press conference as well. Preston Smith, two sacks on the day, earning him uh, more of a bonus. You know, he has all those incentives on the season that are based around sacks. I guess he can sort of send a thank you to MVS for muffing that onside kick because uh, without that, he doesn't get his second sack of the game. So uh, I guess he owes MVS a little bit there, but really nice performance from Preston Smith, who's been playing really great football these last few weeks and really making a lot of plays uh, just to, you know you know defensively for you know to to get this defense going at times and the the sack early in the game to get the turnover i thought completely changed the complexion of this game and really gave the, you know the packers an opportunity to you know really gain complete control and that's exactly what ended up happening and then, again, having the sack late in the game, a little bit of garbage time. You, you Nobody's apologizing for that, right? There were a couple other times he had great pressures, just couldn't get Justin Fields down. He's playing really good football and and, and deserving of praise for what he's put on tape and on the field uh, really throughout the season, to be honest. How about Adam Stenovich? And we've, we've seemingly talked about him just about every week, but I think you can make an argument that there's not a single preferred offensive lineman playing in their their correct spot, Right. Left tackle should be Bakhtiari. It's Yash Nyman. Left guard should be Elton Jenkins. It's John Runyon Jr. Center should be Josh Myers. It's Lucas Patrick. Right guard, probably John Runyon Jr. It's Royce Newman. Right tackle should be Billy Turner. It's Dennis Kelly. Nobody's in their right spot. You have four of your preferred starters out of the lineup injured. And Green Bay still putting up 300, you know, three or 400, I think 400 plus yards of offense. You know, 45 points. I know some of that was the the defense too, but you know, Rogers got four touchdowns, hundred yards plus rushing. It just you know them being able to basically put their second team offensive line out there against the Bears and just perform completely like normal. A lot of that's on Aaron as well. But give credit to Stanovich for getting all those guys ready to play, having them ready to play. I can't imagine for Dennis Kelly, right? He doesn't take snaps since preseason, he didn't take many then. Like You're just sitting and watching and hurt at parts of this season, and all of a sudden you come in and you, the Packers are losing, and he has to go in and play meaningful snaps out of nowhere after not playing for a long time. That's why Brian Gutekunst went and got Dennis Kelly. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again right now, Brian Gutekunst deserves so much credit for the depth he built on the offensive line. How many iterations of offensive line uh, in the last 20 years have we seen where one or two offensive linemen get hurt, and Green Bay just doesn't have the guys. Whether it's um, uh, you know, an Alex Light or a Byron Bell or a Justin McRae or you know, whomever, right? Kyle Murphy, Jason Spriggs. The list goes on and on. They just don't have guys to go on and go in and play and be ready to perform. Dennis Kelly is what they're like ninth line offensive lineman, and he goes in and he plays great. And Dennis Kelly is a guy who played like almost every snap last year at, at right tackle as a starter. And, and to have that as the ninth offensive lineman that you bring in is insane. It's absolutely insane. And he went out and he, he played really good football from what I could tell. Going to be excited to see the tape on him as well. But give Adam Stanovich a ton, a ton of, ton of credit for how he's gotten that offensive line ready to play despite being completely obliterated by injuries. Speaking of injuries, we had some, again, of course, Billy Turner who injured his knee. Does not look good. Hopefully, we get good news. Matt LaFleur did not have any update in his postgame presser, but just it looks like another potential. Season, you know, I don't even want to speculate, right? But it looked like a bad injury for, for Billy Turner. We'll see what happens during the week. Dominique Daphne went out with an ankle, did not return. Uh, Malik Taylor left with a. Uh, abdomen issue he did not return EQ left with a con- or after evaluating uh being evaluated for a concussion did not return Aaron Jones got had a pretty big hit late in the game and was kind of walking a little bit gingerly along the sideline after that took himself out of the game never returned uh, but never went in the blue tent never went to the locker room no injury was announced so hopefully he's okay but was definitely walking a little gingerly and didn't return to the game after that hit. And then Rodgers uh, said that he aggravated his toe in this game, that it's much worse. And that's going to definitely be something to monitor moving forward as well. In one piece of good news, Matt LaFleur did state that they're hopeful, and we've sort of heard this before, but hopeful that David Bakhtiari is going to be able to practice this week. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition this week and he is able to practice. We'll see if Jair Alexander is able to continue to practice. We'll see if Z can come back. A lot of injury questions still to be answered. As far as the current playoff picture, Cardinals remain at number one as of right now, Packers at two, Bucks at three, Cowboys at four, Rams at five, 49ers at six, and then Washington at seven. If the playoffs were to end uh, as of end of day Sunday, it would be Packers-Washington in the 2-7 game at Lambeau Field. Monday Night Football, pretty big matchup for NFC seeding. Rams-Cardinals on Monday Night Football should be a great game, something that we we'll get to enjoy and and certainly cheer on the Rams uh, to to see if the Cardinals can get a loss and Green Bay can, at least for the time being, move up to that number one seed with the tiebreakers that they have in the NFC. That's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We'll be right back here tomorrow with a all new episode Uh, for the audio version. I believe it's going to be Ross and Jake Morley tomorrow for the video version. It should be Rachel Hotmeyer and I Appreciate you all as always. It's been a really fun season. We are just starting to hit the really fun part end of the year, playoffs. It's all in. It's the last dance. We'll see maybe if that's the case or not. But it's been nothing but fun and drama and excitement and everything else. I see nothing else but that in the future uh, going forward. So it should be an epic end of the season. So make sure to subscribe if you are not already. We appreciate you. Until next time, and as always, enjoy your Victory Monday and Go Pack Go!